0: Assalamu alaikum alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa These are the newest fatwas from the site www.islam-qa.com The first new fatwa is Her nifas, postpartum bleeding, came back when she was fasting If a woman's nifas stops after one week of giving birth and she starts fasting with the Muslims during Ramadan then the bleeding reoccurs should she break her fast in this case? Does she have to make up the day she fasted and the day she did not fast? Praise be to Allah. If the woman who is bleeding in the fast becomes pure, i.e. the bleeding stops, within the 40 days, and she fasts for a few days, then the bleeding comes back within 40 days, then her fast is valid, but she has to stop praying and fasting during the days on which the bleeding comes back, because it is still fast until she becomes pure or the forty days end. When the forty days have ended, she has to do khusm, even if she is not seeing the kakr, white discharge, signaling the end of menses or Nifas, because forty days marks the end of Nifas, according to the more sound of the two scholarly opinions. After that, she has to do wudu at the time of every prayer until the bleeding stops, as the Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, instructed the woman who was suffering from istihadah, non-menstrual vaginal bleeding, and her husband may be intimate with her after forty days, even if she has not seen the Tuhl, because the bleeding in this case is irregular bleeding, which does not prevent her from praying and fasting, and does not prevent her husband from being intimate with his wife. But if the bleeding after forty days coincides with the usual time of her menses, then she should stop praying and fasting and regard it as menses and Allah is the source of strength, and quote. Shaykh Abdul Aiz May Allah have mercy at him. Islamiyah 2-146 The second new fatwa is, How sound is a hadith, There is no hour, night or day, when the sky is not raining. How sound is the hadith, There is no hour, night or day, when the sky is not raining. Allah directs it as He wills, and another hadith, there is no year in which there is more rain than another. Praise be to Allah. Firstly, the first hadith was narrated by Imam al in his Musnad, number 365, and by him by al bayhaqi in al 2140. al said, one whom I do not have reason to suspect told me from Abar ibn Abi Amr, from al-Mutalib ibn Khantab, that the Prophet, blessings and peace of Allah be upon him, said, "There is no hour of the night or day but the sky is raining. Allah directs it as He wills." This is a daif isnad. Al-Mutalib is the son of Abdullah ibn Al-Mutalib ibn Hanta al-Tabiyin. He is saduk but mudallis, says ambiguous things and gives the wrong impression, and narrated a lot of merciful reports, as it says in At-Takriy, page five hundred and thirty-four. The sheikh of Ashafari is not named, so he is unknown. The hadith was also narrated by Sheikh Al-Albani in Silsalat al-Ahadith al-Da'ifa, four four nine four. Via this isnad, he said, "This is a da'if isnad. In addition to its being murcel, it also includes the sheikh of Ashafari, who is not named. It is not unlikely to have been Ibrahim ibn Ariyah al aslami al madani About whose authenticity, scholars other than Imam al-Shafi'i had doubts. The idea that the unknown narrator is Ibn Abi Yahya is supported by the words of uh, our rabii ibn Sulayman. When a Shafi'i says, one whom I do not have reason to suspect told me, he is referring to Ibrahim ibn Abi Yahya. Mizan al-Ibtidal 1-58 See also Ta'adjil al-Manfa'a Al-Kamil by Ibn Adi and based on that the Isnad is wahin weak, because Ibn Abi Yahya was accused of fabricating hadith. And the Sa'i said The liars who were known for fabricating hadiths are four Ibrahim ibn Abi Yahya in Medina al waqdi in Baghdad Muqatil in Khurasan and Muhammad ibn Sa'id in Syria End quote from Tahdeeb al-Tahdeeb Secondly the second hadith was narrated by Al-Zahqi in his Sunan, Al-Hakim in Al-Mustadrak, al tabari in his Tafsir, and Ibn Abi Hatim in his Tafsir via Al-Hassan ibn Muslim from Sayid ibn Jubair from Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with him, who said, "There is no year that has less rain than another, but Allah, may He be exalted, directs it as He wills." Then he recited this verse. The interpretation of the meaning. And indeed we have distributed rain or water amongst them in order that they may remember the grace of Allah. But most men refuse or deny the truth of faith and accept nothing but disbelief or ingratitude. Surah Al-Furqan verse 50. Al-Hakim said, It is sahih according to the conditions of Al-Bukhari and Muslim, and Al-Zahabi agreed with them. It was also narrated by al and al bayhaqi via two ismads from Abdullah ibn Mas'ud who said, There is no year that has more rain than another, but Allah diverts it as He wills. It was narrated by al bayhaqi from ibn Mas'ud in a marfu' report. Then he said, This is how it was narrated in a marfu' report with this ismad. The Sahih version is maquf. ibn Khathir, may Allah have mercy on him, attributed it in his tafsir to Ibn Mas'ud and Ibn Abbas. May Allah be pleased with him. It was narrated by At-Tabri from Al-Hakam Ibn ur as his own words. The report was narrated by Sheikh Al-Albani in as Sahihah from Ibn Abbas as his own words and classed as Sahih according to the conditions of Al-Bukhari and Muslim. He also narrated it from Ibn Mas'ud. Then he said, from the above, it seems that this report, although it is ma'kuf, may be regarded as marfu' because it could not have been said by way of personal opinion or ijtihad, and because it was also narrated in marfu' reports. End quote. To sum up, the report is sahih in the isnad from Ibn Mas'ud and Ibn Abbas as their own words. As a marfu' report, i.e. attributed to the Prophet sallallahu wasallam, it is not sahih. Can it be regarded as marfu'? That is subject to scholarly opinion. What appears to be the case, and Allah knows best, is that it cannot be attributed to the Prophet, وسلم, because it cannot be proven to be from him, but it can be attributed to those from whom it was proven, and it should be limited to that. And Allah knows best. The third new fatwa is Divorcing three times based on a belief that it is obligatory. Question. Me and my wife have had a rough couple of years. We got divorced when we both had little knowledge of this religion. For the first time she is willing to work out our marriage and I thank Allah that she has been thinking about this. It is imperative that this question be answered for me because it involves a family being united or separated. When we first got separated someone told her that you have to give talaq divorce three times so I gave it the first talaq willingly from my heart. After that we tried to work it out. But someone told her it is obligatory to give a second tilaf even if one does not want to after three months, and a third one is obligatory after six months. So I was angry and didn't bother researching and asking about this. So when the three months were over, I gave the second tilaf without really wanting to, but I thought I had to. When the six months came, I thought it was a sin upon me if I did not give it to her because this is what the view, a few ignorant people told her and myself. So I waited longer than the six months, sad that I was forced to give her the last one, knowing she would not be available to me unless she marries. So out of anger and sadness, I gave her the third talaq because I was told it was obligatory on me to do so. After that, we were apart for a year since then, but I always wanted to work it out. When I started studying fiqh under a sheikh in the masjid, they told me to relate to them how I did my talaq. I told three or four people, and they said, subhanAllah, you may still be married if you thought that you had to give the third. So now I relate my question to a proper scholar. We both now want to work it out, but this one last steps in the way. We live far apart now, and I haven't seen my son in two years because of no travel money, and the only way to see him is to live with her and him again. So I wanted to know if she is still lawful for me because we both want to work it out. No sheikh has answered my question, and I need an answer quickly, and I fear I may follow my desires if I do not get a response because I haven't found any answer related to my situation answer praise be to allah if you only uttered the word of divorce on the second or third occasion because you believed that it was obligatory as you had been told then this talak does not count as such according to the more correct opinion because if a person bases his talak on a reason then finds out that the reason was not valid his talak does not count as such shaykh muhammad ibn ibrahim may allah have mercy on him said We have received your letter in which you asked about your divorce of your wife, and you said that you heard something about her, and you got angry and divorced her three times. Then after that you found that the news you had heard was false, and you became certain that it was not true, and you are asking whether this divorce counts as such or not, because it turned out that she is innocent of what was said about her. Answer. Praise be to Allah. If the situation is as mentioned, and you only divorced her based on this false news, then the correct scholarly opinion is that this divorce does not count as such. Based on that, the divorce is invalid and your wife is permissible to you on the basis of the first marriage contract. There is no need to go through the process of taking her back or do a new marriage contract. End quote from Fatawa Muhammad ibn Ibrahim, 11, question number 3159. See also question number 36835. The one who told you that made a serious mistake and spoke about a law without knowledge. For a woman who menstruates, her aidah is three menstrual cycles, not three months. If her husband gives her a revocable divorce and does not take her back during the Aiddah, she becomes completely divorced and is not permissible for him except with a new marriage contract. As it has become clear that your second and third talak do not count as such, but you did not take your wife back during her Aiddah following the first Talaq, then she has become completely divorced from you and cannot go back to you except with a new marriage contract that fulfills the necessary conditions. And Allah knows best. The next new fatwa is staying up on Laylatul Qadr and the ruling on celebrating it. How should we spend the night of Laylatul Qadr? Is it by praying, reading Qur'an, and the theater of the Prophet? listening to sermons and lessons and celebrating that in the mosque? Answer. Praise be to Allah. Firstly, the Messenger of Allah, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, used to strive hard in worship during the last ten nights of Ramadan as he did not do at other times, praying and reading Quran. Al-Bukhari, a Muslim, narrated from Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her, that when the last ten days of Ramadan began, the Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, would stay up at night, wake his family, and tie his lower garment tight. According to Ahmed and Muslim, he would strive hard in worship during the last ten nights of Ramadan as he did not do at other times. Secondly, the Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, urged us to spend the night of lail pother in prayer out of faith and in hope of reward. It was narrated from Abu Huraira, may Allah be pleased with him, that the Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, said, Whoever spends the night of Laylatul Qadr in prayer out of faith and in hope of reward will be forgiven his previous sins. This was narrated by the group apart from Ibn Majah. This hadith indicates that it is prescribed to stay up and spend this night in prayer. Thirdly, one of the best du'as that can be recited on Laylatul Qadr is that which the Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, taught Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her. It was narrated by At-Tirmidhi who classed it as sahih, that Aisha said, I said, O oh, Messenger of Allah, if I know which night is al Qadr, what should I say? He said, Say, Allahumma oh innaka afuun tuhib al-afu O Allah, you are all forgiving and you love forgiveness, so forgive me. Fourthly, with regard to singling out one night of Ramadan and regarding that as Laylatul Qadr, this requires evidence but the odd-numbered nights during the last ten nights are more likely than others and the night of the twenty-seventh is more likely to be laid in the because of the ahadith which indicate that Fifthly, with regard to bida innovation it is not permissible either in ramadan or at other times it was proven that the messenger of allah peace and blessings be of allah be upon him said whoever innovates anything in this matter of ours." And that is not a part of it will have it rejected. And he said, Whoever does any action that is not part of this matter of ours will have it rejected. With regard to the celebrations that are held on some nights of Ramadan, we know of no basis for that. The best guidance is the guidance of Muhammad, and the worst of matters are those which are innovative. And Allah is a source of strength. May Allah send blessings and peace upon our Prophet Muhammad and his family and companions. The Tawa Al Lejna. The final new Fatwa for this segment is Taking Pills to Prevent the Period in the Last 10 Days of Ramadan. If a woman's period is going to come in the last 10 days of Ramadan, is it permissible for her to use contraceptive pills so she can continue to worship during these days of blessing? Answer. Praise be to Allah. This question was put to Sheikh Muhammad ibn Uthaymi, May Allah have mercy on him, and he said, We do not think that she should use these pills to help her worship Allah, because the period which happens to her is something which Allah has decreed for the daughters of Adam. The Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, entered upon Aisha when she was with him during the farewell pilgrimage. She had entered Ihram for Umrah, then her period came before she reached Mecca. He entered upon her and found her weeping. He asked, Why are you weeping? And she told him that her period had come. He told her, This is something which Allah has decreed for the daughters of Adam. So the period is not something which is under her control. If it comes during the last ten days of Ramadan, then let her accept what Allah has decreed for her and not use these pills. I have heard from trustworthy doctors that these pills cause harm to the uterus and the blood, and they may cause deformity in the fetus if she should conceive. Hence, we think that she should avoid them. If her period comes and she cannot pray or fast, this is beyond her control and is the decree of Allah. Sheikh Mohammed ibn Uthaymi, may Allah have mercy on him. This is the end of the first section on the new feckless for the website IslamQA.com.